April 16, 2005, an Air Force psychologist is found dead after he crashes his car on a Texas interstate somewhere near San Antonio. However, once the body is examined, they find that this is very far from a normal accident. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Colonel Philip Shue. And we're back. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, unhealthy, moist, (laughs) and quarantine basement. Oh my God. (laughs) Listen, as much as. People's done lost their goddamn mind, okay? They canceled school for two weeks. I am not complaining about that. I get a two-week paid vacation, go to school for one week, and then get spring break. That's going to be fucking amazing. But you can't find toilet paper. There was a fucking... Two miles away from my jiu-jitsu gym, motherfucker got stabbed over, over water. (laughs) <laughs> like, and the thing is, restaurants are still packed. Yeah, I had I had a delicious Mexican food tonight after open mat. It was it was awesome. I just uh, I'm so over it. But anyway, uh, some good news, uh, some special news. We kind of did not touch on this when it happened, and I do apologize. But uh-huh. uh, Kylie's corner is getting an addition. She was proposed to over oh, winter break. Oh shit. In Ireland. He did it up. He proposed to her in Ireland. Yeah, now they got the fucking coronavirus. I know, and they brought it back to That's Georgia. They're patient zero. Patient zero, Kylie. Thank you. It wasn't Meth Mouth Judy. <laughs> it was Kylie that brought it back to the state of Georgia. Oh, I guarantee you Meth Mouth Judy's fucking immune to that shit. <laughs> she don't give a fuck. No. She ain't immune to crack. <laughs> or meth. <laughs> now, I'll toot. <laughs> I mean, but I do not free base cocaine. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll toot it, you know, if I'm at a party. I'll toot a little bit. Toot a little Toot a Jesus. Throw um, <laughs> We, uh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. But, um, yeah, man, just wash your fucking hands. And just calm the fuck down. Please. The majority of people that are going to catch this shit are going to get better. It's going to be very unfortunate that some we're going to lose some people, and I'm sorry about that, but there's no fucking reason to be panicking, man. This I saw a thing on Facebook, the best thing, and it was like, this is why you motherfuckers can't know what really goes on in Area 51. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all are all freaking out. Over the flu, but weaponized. Anyway. So how you been, man? I've been okay, man. We got some good feedback. Um, no five star reviews. Uh, we've got a couple five star ratings, but they didn't leave reviews. But if you if you have it in your heart and you enjoy the show, please give us a five star review. It really does help help us get exposure. The higher rated you are, the uh, 
the more likely uh, Apple is to recommend you. So. And we cracked the uh, top 250 on Apple Podcast. It did not give us a category, but we are 244. We're the 244th most popular podcast on Apple. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, because we don't do any marketing. No. I've, I literally boosted like two Facebook posts. Yeah. That's it. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, man. Like, there's podcasting is about I don't know what do you think 30 people that actually like make a living off their podcast yeah Joe Rogan and we know True Crime Garage is one of the most popular is probably the most popular True Crime doc, um, uh, podcast so they make a lot of money but so yeah man uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do on this two week vacation I think I'm probably going to finally finally clean out my man cave yeah there are things that you can do in two weeks. Yeah. If well, it doesn't rain. We're actually going I'm actually gonna have a little time to do some research, man. I know. The next two weeks the next two week episodes might You're be pretty be killing it. Might be pretty fun good. I'll actually be able to participate. <laughs> but uh, man, they canceled All G H S A. Yeah. Those sports are done for the year. Yeah. Baseball will not recover from the rain or um this. They canceled. I was going to go, well, true, it's good for the podcast because there was going to be two weeks coming up very soon that I was going to be out of town. We weren't going to be able to record. I was going to go to Dallas to compete. I was going to go to Washington, D.C. to compete, and they are both canceled. We already had the flight booked for D.C. We already paid the paid the IBJJF. Uh, they were funded. Yeah, they did. Um, we already paid them. We had already everything, and uh, Spirit gave us a voucher. Cause we fly spirit, cause we suck. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that'll be two two more uh, two weeks where we were not gonna have a podcast and release a mini episode. So now we're gonna we're actually gonna be able to record. So that's cool. So the uh, beer of the week, since we did not want to drink Lone Star again. <laughs> no offense to the good. It good, is a good beer. Good people at Lone Star. We have somehow procured. Bearded irises again and again. It is a pale ale. It has no. It's the name of the bears again and again. It sounded like when way it sounded it was like we got bearded iris again and again. Yeah. <laughs> it is a pale ale made with clementine, blackberry, and lightning. <laughs> I don't know how they caught the lightning, but I'm glad they caught yeah, it. Yeah, man. It is quite tasty. It is a pale ale. It is a little bit of a you know move from our normal IPA. The good folks at Bearded Iris survived the storms, and they are surviving Corona. Good for them. So, um, oh shit! One more thing about the cancellations: they fucking canceled the NCAA wrestling tournament, and then they they stated that every person affected by it is now um, another year. has another year of eligibility. Next, if you're a college wrestling fan, next year's going to be fucking wild. Because you can have people that have come off red shirts. You can have upcoming freshmen that are good. You can have sixth-year seniors. Sixth-year seniors. They get a whole nother year to prepare. Next season's going to be lit. Yeah, it is. All right. Let's get into the case. All right. So we are talking about Mr. Philip Michael Shue. He was a colonel in the Air Force. This guy, this case is fucking crazy he was 54 when he passed and he is widowed by his wife tracy and 
he has been laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery with full military honors. And we'll get into some websites that you can look at. And she has a Facebook page on her, on him, I apologize. She has a Facebook page on him that she updates uh, from time to time. So if you are interested in this case, please check that Facebook page out. And we'll just get into it. 48 Hours did an episode on this. There's been a couple of podcasts on and this. And it's actually available on yes. um, YouTube. I watched it uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. And they do a great job. That It's over an hour, so they do a very, very good job. So he began his military career in 1970 with the Air Force. He was... 1970? So 2005. Jeez, man, he was... He was getting ready to retire. Yeah. If and not. he was going. He was a psychiatrist, and he had met Tracy when they were both stationed at the same military base in Florida. He has several, and I, that's an understatement, but the list of accommodations and medals that he received while he was in the Air Force proves that he was a career military man. Phil had separated from his previous marriage to which he had a son and Tracy and him kind of hit it off when they were stationed together and then after his divorce was finalized they decided to get married. Phil and Tracy did in 1993. So leading up to the day in question and that is April 16th 2005 and we'll touch on this in greater detail but he was battling some anxiety and some slight depression you know he's getting towards the end of his military career he'd already decided on a date that he was going to retire they had actually gone to Birmingham Alabama and put a down payment on the house and they were going to open up a private practice and both of them were going to be psychiatrists in the private sector They would, at the time, going to be bringing in together $7,500 a month just on their pension from the Air Force. That is not even considering what they're about to make in their private practice. So they were doing well. Like I said, he was 54. He had plenty of time to get his practice up and running. So, man, you know, when when you get the military pension, it's like, oh, yeah, this was worth it. But, you know, what you have to do to get it, I, yeah. I, I won't go through that. <laughs> so, in April, like we stated, you know, he gets up early. I think it's 5.30. I'm not exactly sure of the time, but let's just say 5.30. He's going to go to work at the military base in Bernie, Texas. It's outside of Bernie, Texas. And he leaves... Uh, Tracy, his wife, is awake. They have coffee together. He gets dressed in his military fatigues, his BDUs, and he walks out the door. Approximately around 8.30, his tan Ford sedan is seen. I'm sorry, it was a Mercury. Mercury sedan was seen going down I-10, headed back towards Bernie, and they never did state in the 48 Hours episode who these two men were, but they appear to be uh, blue-collar workers, and they see his car all of a sudden go from the right outside lane. This is a 
it's a four lane interstate in this section of Texas with a probably 100 foot uh, grass median and there's light poles in between and they stated on the episode that he goes from the right lane all the way over to the left lane into the median through the median he's driving down through the median he's weaving in and out of the poles he's slalom he is cool man yeah he's slaloming the light poles and then all of a sudden he jerks it back to the right that car actually goes airborne a little bit he gets back on i-10 and he's doing you know excess of 65 70 miles an hour so they they're kind of like what the hell's going on and so he goes another four or five miles and then just past the last exit that he could have taken to go home he swerves to the right cuts across the on ramp coming on from the last exit across the frontage road and his car clips a little stand of oak trees and we'll post a picture of this where his car came to rest but it appears that he clipped one oak tree with the right front of his car that becomes the pivot point and his car whips clockwise into one of the bigger oak trees and it caves in the driver's side door so they get out the two men do and they go up to see if they can render first aid and upon arriving they know immediately he has expired and he slumped over seatbelt still on and so soon afterwards the police show up and depending on how you research this they say it's not long after the police show up that military investigators show up oh wow yeah and that's a little little odd so when the police get there they have to use the jaws of life to cut the door open to get it around or get the car open so they can look inside and see him again he's slumped over the center console more towards the passenger side of the car he is dressed in his military vdus and so when they go to undo the seat belt they notice that there are duct tape bindings around his wrist his left wrist has a strip of duct tape, and I've read anywhere from four and a half to five inches, and then another three inches hanging off his right wrist. Um, it was noted that the left wrist, the duct tape had been wrapped around three times with the excess hanging off. His right wrist, it was one and a half times with the excess hanging off. Yeah. So, they're going to call this a suicide. A suicide. And he's going to be found with duct tape around his wrist. His his fatigues he's wearing are duct tape to his ankles, around his ankles. Whatever um, is going to go on inside his fatigues is not going to come out, if you know what I'm trying to get to. Yes. So. And when you, most of the time, <laughs> don't want to be extremely morbid, but when you expire, your body releases everything. Yeah. So you're going to poop yourself. And you're going to pee-pee yourself. So what? Somebody took precautions to make sure this didn't get everywhere. So. He was wearing an adult diaper. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, depends is what I'm probably guessing. They yeah. never go into. He, yeah, yes. He was, um, he was wearing a diaper. When they do finally 
get him freed from the car, they notice that there's several buttons on his uh, fatigues on his top that have been, it appears to be ripped off. There's still some that are buttoned, but they notice that his brown BDU t-shirt that every military man wears under their fatigues yeah. has been sliced from right below the collar, right about where your collarbones meet, that little indention, down to about his navel. Yeah. And, and it ain't just going to be the shirt. No. It's going to be him. Yeah. He is sliced and deeply. He, I have heard that it was five and three quarters inches. I have heard it was six and a half inches. But we're going to go with six inches. We're just going to say six inches. And one of the main reasons they're going to say this is suicide is because he's going to have small nicks and cuts in the same general area that they're going to call um, hesitation wounds. And we'll get into the actual definition of that here in a second. But what's very strange, what the, even though this is extremely strange situation already what's really strange is the fact that his fucking nipples have been cut offed O-F-T T offed offed and not only is he missing both of his nipples and he has a six inch gash down the midline of his chest he is also missing the last knuckle to the tip of his left pinky and his earlobe has been cut clean off to the bone neither of which were found in the car or near the accident scene so we've not touched on this in a couple of episodes but this is like I don't know already seven or eight what the fucks the body is a plethora of what the fucks in itself yeah oh yeah it's um it's interesting. It is. <laughs> so, but I don't care. How are you going to say this is suicide? Well, here's my thing. I mean, we'll just go ahead and jump into this. Fucking nipples are missing. The problem I have <laughs> with the suicide, before we even get into the coroner's report, is that according to, and this is the world of forensic science definition, copyright 2005, and this is the definition of hesitation wounds. Hesitation or tentative wounds are defined either as any cut or wound that is self-inflicted after a decision is made not to commit suicide or any tentative cut or wound that is made before the final cut that causes death. Now, we're going to stop right there for a second. He did not die from his gash on his chest. He did not die from his nipples being removed. He did not die from his pinky being removed or his earlobe being sheared off to the skull. The man died of severe head trauma from the car accident. And let me explain something. It's 2005. His mercury has airbags. If I'm going to commit suicide, I'm not going to leave it to chance that I hit a grove of trees because the airbag's going to deploy first of all, and there's a great chance I'm going to survive this car crash. Yeah. So, therein lies the problem with the coroner at the time stating that these are hesitation wounds. This is not a cut that ended his life. Now, we go on down the definition, and it states, 
However, the presence of hesitation marks alongside or near the final fatal mark usually indicates a forensic diagnosis of suicide over other possible causes of death. So Again, they, they essentially just, they saw what they thought was hesitation wounds and they defaulted to the normal um, whatever. And we're going to discuss <clears throat> the medical examiner's name. And keep in mind, we're in Texas, we're not in Arkansas, and his name's not Fami Malik, <laughs> but I believe he's related to him. I mean, <clears throat> oft. Yeah, clean <laughs> oft. And it has been stated that it was with, quote, surgical precision. They, they did not hesitate. There was no hesitation marks on the nipples. They sliced them off with surgical precision, and they have never been found. <laughs> Along with his pinky or his earlobe. Now, going on, hesitation wounds are generally straight line marks at the elbows, neck, throat, and wrist, although in a few cases they occur in the general area of the upper middle part of the abdomen near the heart. Now, this is the point of emphasis. Wounds made by people attempting suicide are typically made at an angle related to the hand that holds the weapon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a straight line cut that is six inches long and I've heard that it was one inch wide and basically the skin was filleted off. Oh. So, that is just, that is some pain. I default to, these are not hesitation wounds. This is someone fucking with him to extract pain or information well he is gonna be he is gonna be found with lidocaine in his system and lidocaine is an anesthetic just kind of like novocaine right and anybody that's had stitches they've given you lidocaine but they're or if they've taken a mole off they're gonna state they date they 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 go there they are going to say that they have never, they did not find an injection site. They didn't find the pinprick to where the lidocaine went in. But he is missing two nipples. So and, maybe they. And there's a six inch by one inch gash down yeah, there. Maybe they, who, yeah. whomever did it, if it was him, if it wasn't, whomever did it, maybe they injected it directly into their nipples, cut them off, and did fucking God knows what with them. Put them on fucking pepperoni pizza. I guess. Hope somebody I didn't notice. Now, instruments used to inflict hesitation wounds are generally those found around the living quarters of the person attempting suicide. Although usually used in association with attempted suicides, hesitation wounds are sometimes made to be seen as a victim. And that statement alone is one of the things that the coroner bases, I'm sorry, the coroner, the medical examiner bases his suicide diagnosis or final findings on. But like Coach said, the lidocaine's found in his system. It is going to come to light that he, Colonel Shu, has prescribed himself a topical lidocaine. The medical examiner states that that is the lidocaine that they found in his system, which is not true. And I am not a medical examiner. I'm not a coroner. I am not even in the medical profession. But it does not take a rocket scientist to figure out that the lidocaine that he prescribed himself also has another compound in it that begins with a P, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. So when they do the toxicology, 
there is only lidocaine in his system. There is not lidocaine and the other chemical. So the lidocaine could not have come from his topical ointment. Mm. Now, this is an article that was posted on People, and I'm just going to hit the highlights of this, and this was back right after, a couple of months after the uh, accident. And it says that morning traffic out of San Antonio was moving smoothly on I-10 when a tan Mercury Tracer suddenly swerved onto the median. Horrified drivers watched as the car bounced along for 1,500 feet, then briefly became airborne before smacking back onto the highway. The tracer seemed to ride itself and cruised safely for several miles. Then things went terribly wrong again. The car veered off the right shoulder and slammed into a cluster of oak trees. The man, who had no wallet or ID or his dog tags, had a deep gash in his chest that seemed unrelated to the crash. His left pinky had been severed. His wrist and ankles had been bound in duct tape. Hmm. So the mystery of this whole thing hinges on the fact of did the doctor, whose wife, Tracy, tells anyone that she speaks to that he told her and his superiors that he was receiving threatening letters. So did he meet with foul play or had he been trying to harm himself? So that is the question. Did he harm himself? Or did he meet with foul play? Um, I'm going to go ahead and answer for you. He didn't harm himself. He met with foul play. Yeah. This motherfucker was tortured. Now, his wife, Tracy Shu becomes very agitated at the very suggestion that her spouse for over 10 years took his own life. And she says, quote, my husband did not commit suicide. The autopsy is bull. She points out that they're looking to his retirement in September and a move to Birmingham, Alabama. Why would anybody move to Alabama? Well, Birmingham's pretty nice. It is, actually. So, like I stated earlier, he left his home at 545. The accident occurred at 815, 814, I believe. So, it's not... I don't know. There, there's a huge amount of time missing. He only lives 25 minutes from the Air Force Base. He is traveling back towards his home, away from the Air Force Base, and they state at the Air Force Base that he never arrived that morning. So from 5.45 when he leaves his house till 8.15 when he strikes the trees, where was he? Somewhere getting fucking tortured. <laughs> getting his nipples offed. Oh, God. Now, we have I alluded, just can't. I, just, oh, I know, man. it's awful, man. Oh, man. Chief Medical Examiner Vincent DeMeo points to the high concentration of the anesthetic lidocaine in his blood and the hesitation marks next to the gaping wound in his chest, and he states that if he had been tortured, he had a cell phone with him. Would you not call for help or dial 911? Um, not if they got a fucking gun to your head. Not if they've duct taped you to a fucking chair and people hesitate and people Nick, point whoever, out whoever that whoever that was go fuck off chief medical uh vincent de mayo you may go and fuck off now he also points out or no i'm sorry he does not point out but others that 
side on the suicide finding says that he is trying to commit suicide because he passes all three exits to go back to his house. If you've been tortured, I'm not bringing the torturers to my home where my wife is at. Okay, well... Because she had already retired. Here's a question. If he is indeed has a high dose, I don't think it was that high. I, I, my research um, said it probably wasn't enough to affect. Right. But to, to completely uh, get rid of the pain. But let's say that he did have a high concentration of lidocaine in his system. Maybe he's fucking driving impaired. Oh, yeah. Maybe he escaped the situation and just fucking... I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. I gotta get the hell out of Dodge as fast as possible, and he's too he's too fucked up, and he wrecks. Right, I agree. Now, in the autopsy report, and we'll pa- post a link to the autopsy report, and this is, and I don't understand this to save my life, I don't know why there's not a standard issue autopsy report, at least the first couple of pages. This autopsy report is 10 or 12 pages long. Nowhere... Does it have a diagram of the body showing the wounds that were afflicted to him? That's pretty strange. Yes. So according to the why, uh, <laughs> according to the autopsy report, it states bilateral excision of nipples and incised wound down the center of the chest. A. Lidocaine detected in blood. No resuscitation done at scene. B. Self-prescribed lidocaine cream ten days prior to death. See at least five scratch abrasions along the superior edge of the you center wound. You say self-prescribed? Yeah, he did. Lidocaine? A topical lidocaine. Oh, okay. Well, topical. I mean, I don't know. That's kind of iffy, like, as far as... And nobody's come out to say why he had the lidocaine. That's a, a great question that I would love an answer to. Uh, well, I don't know about the legality of... Um, that's true, but... Uh, prescribing yourself... Something like that. I don't know. I'd have to ask my wife. She would know. But I definitely know if it's a controlled substance. That's a big fucking no-no. So, D states one scratch abrasion extending from the inferior edge of the center wound. E, parallel scratch abrasions with small superficial incisions extending along the left lateral aspect of the wound. Part 3, traumatic amputation of the distal aspect of the fifth digit of the left hand. Part 4, Contusions present about the hands bilaterally, which means he's bruised from where he was duct taped and then up his forearms. Part 5, contusions and abrasions present about the lateral aspect of the left knee. A, half inch by one inch laceration with puncture into the underlying musculature of the right lateral calf. And then they talk about the duct tape around his wrist and his boots. They hit one now on the calf? There is a one-half by one-inch lacerations with puncture into the underlying musculature of his right lateral calf. So there is a so puncture there's a, move. So they he stabbed, got stuck. Yeah, yeah, he got stabbed. They stabbed him, in the, stabbed him in, the, in the leg. Yeah. That's uh Okay, fucked I'm up. just going to go ahead and say it. This is a fucked up way to commit suicide. Yeah, you're inflicting a hell of a lot of pain on yourself. I'm I'm going to fucking stab my calf. I'm going to cut my chest. I'm going to cut my finger off. Well, my question uh, is... I'm going to cut my nipples off. Yeah. My question... And I'm going to duct tape myself. Mm-hmm. So when I poop myself, I can keep I keep all that with me. Yeah. I don't want that getting away. So, the other thing that... And we'll touch on this now with the duct tape. 
they do not find his fingerprints or any fingerprints on the duct tape. Mm. They do find two gray hairs, which is lost, kind of like Kennedy's brain. They they also don't find his finger. Or his nipples, or his fucking earlobe. They took his earlobe off? Yeah, I said that like three or four times already. Clear off, like, like to the bone. I was, um... Yeah, fucking around. <laughs> uh... Yeah, this fucked up, because this was my choice. I should be on the balls. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So, we are looking at a very fucked up individual but when it comes just, to the wounds. But the, the, the police are just like, oh, suicide. He I committed suicide. suicide. And my thing with that is, he committed suicide. if he's going to commit suicide in a car, take out one of those light poles, and I'm pretty sure you're going to end it right there doing 60, 70 miles an hour. Yeah. Because they're in concrete. Yeah. All right, so let's get to Senior Dumbass, um. <laughs> Mr. Vincent J. M. DeMayo, M.D., Chief Medical Examiner of Kendall County. And this is his conclusion. Well, they conclude suicide simply because of their hesitation. They claim it's hesitation marks. That is their only shred of evidence that goes toward suicide. You look at the gash... You look at the earlobe, you look at the finger, you look at the puncture wound in the calf, you look at the fact that he was duct taped, the fact that he had on an adult diaper, and the fact that he fucking died as a result of a car wreck. Yeah, he died from a traumatic head injury to the left side of his head. Now, this, yeah, this is going to piss you off even worse. So this is his conclusion when it comes to the autopsy. And this is, like I said, Senior Dumbass Vincent J.M. DeMayo, Chief Medical Examiner, Kendall County. In consideration of the circumstances surrounding the death and after examination of the body, it is our opinion that the death of Philip Michael Shue, a 54-year-old white male, died as a result of a massive cranio-cerebral injuries in parentheses, injuries to the skull and brain that resulted when he was witnessed to drive his vehicle abruptly off the road, go up an embankment, impacting one tree with his vehicle, causing it to spin and impacting a second tree. There is no evidence that he, at any time, tried to break his car. The incised wound on his chest and incised nipples are not part of the trauma of the accident. It is unclear if the traumatic amputation of the distal fifth finger is from the accident or not. He has a reported history of psychiatric problems. There is no evidence that any other individual was involved in his death or infliction of his incised wounds. Manner of death, suicide. Here's where I have a problem with this. You are a medical examiner. You are supposed to report on the manner of death. He puts in his conclusion that one sentence that says he has a reported history of psychiatric problems. That does not lead to suicide. The man was battling anxiety and depression. He was about to retire and make a huge career jump. He's going to be a little anxious. He's going to face some depression. Add on the fact that he has told co-workers, his wife, and his commanding officer that he has started receiving letters. Yeah. And these letters are from an, an anonymous... An anonymous? Yeah. An anonymous person. And you can find this letter 
on a blog called Fighting for the Truth and Exposing the Corrupt. 25 or two, copyright 2005 militarycorruption.com and that blog starts off with the blog author and his or his widow Tracy being very civil to each other but several several months into it it becomes a tit for tat and it's almost like the guy from this website militarycorruption.com is a troll and it gets real nasty real quick and if you're interested in all that bullshit you can look it up oh yourself God, the internet is like simultaneously the best and worst place ever ever <laughs> alright so we get to the letter that I referenced and it is as follows dear Dr. Shu, please read this letter you may be in danger I am writing because I remember you as such a kind and caring doctor, and I can't just sit by and not help you by telling you what I know. I'll try to keep it short so you're certain to read it. A friend of mine who worked with, name deleted, your ex-wife's husband, That's a weird name for a person. Yeah. Told me some scary things. And scary is spelled S-K-A-R-Y. Man, why point out there, why not point that out? Come on, man. It's a little... It's embarrassing. Nugget of information. <laughs> Goes on to state, I do not know, name deleted, or your ex-wife myself. Sorry, I don't even know her name. My friend told me they wish you were dead so they could collect life insurance. I don't understand why they would have life insurance on you, but that's what my friend told me. My friend thinks they may actually be planning something. I don't know if they would actually hurt you, but please be careful. I had to write. If I didn't, I couldn't bear the thoughts of something bad happening to you that I could have prevented by telling you what I heard. If I hear anything more specific, I will let you know. Please be careful. I'm sorry to worry you, but I just couldn't not write and find out later that I could have stopped a bad thing from happening. That is the first letter. And I want to say he receives, I think, a total of five. The next letter is very short, and this is, I don't know if this is number two, number four, whatever, but the next one referenced on that website says that the last message Colonel Shu received from the anonymous friend was this short and cryptic note, and I quote, the plan is now delayed, but not canceled. Be careful. I cannot identify myself because they may find out and stop letting information slip. So this is the same author? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So you're going to receive five letters warning you that something bad is going to happen, and then something bad happens. Yeah, and the thing with the his ex-wife's husband is something that I have yet to figure out. Ex-wife is going to have a million dollar life insurance, life insurance policy. One million dollars. That is... Hella. Not a small amount of money. Hella motive. And it is a hell of a motive. Supposedly, her new husband was reported to be Special Forces Air Force. Hmm. Probably trained in counterintelligence yes. tactics, such as cutting your fucking nipples off. Now, <laughs> his current wife, Miss Tracy Shue, 
would actually get on WebSleuths, and there is a whole thread concerning his case, and she would, you know, quote and keep people up to what was going on. And this is one of her last posts, and this was in April of 2012. And she says, The investigation violated standard investigation protocol. The crime scene was contaminated by the Department of Public Safety, the Justice of the Peace, and the Constable from the state of Texas. Colonel Shue's body was taken to a local nursing home instead of the medical examiner's office. What? Yeah. The fuck? They transported his mercury to a local wrecking yard. No chain of custody was maintained. She does go on to state that I have to defend the Kendall County Sheriff's Department for trying. Once the crime scene was destroyed, the evidence compromised and chain of custody lost, the case went completely downhill. Again, extremely, extremely odd. Now, I go back to the article on People, and it says that his first wife's lawyer states that they believe that she died while attempting to fake an abduction. And he says, I quote, this guy was hell-bent on making it look like his ex-wife did something. So her lawyer states that he is the one trying to say that someone kidnapped him and then he's going to commit suicide to frame her. He's on record as calling the insurance company and asking them to cancel the policy. Yeah. And tells them, if I die, you need to look into this and investigate it. Yeah. Because it's not going to be at my own hands. And the, I'm assuming that's after he started receiving the letters. Yes, it is so, after he received the letters. Yeah, he has, he has warned that this lady's out to get him. And... Yeah, I mean, and the insurance company's going to say fuck off, pretty much. Pretty much, because she took the insurance policy out before they divorced, and as part of the divorce proceedings, she was allowed to keep the insurance policy. Bro, I wouldn't let my wife take a million-dollar policy out on me, much less let her keep that policy if we did happen to get a divorce. That's insane. That's putting a fucking price on your head. A million dollars? To my wife would solve a whole lot of problems, but we're married. Yeah. So there's also a reason to try to keep me around. Once we're divorced and you have a million dollars on my head, there's no fucking reason. There's zero motivation for you to want to keep me around. Agreed. So... Yeah, that shouldn't that shouldn't be allowed be allowed to happen. And like I would have, if I was him, I would have approached it like this. Instead of saying, you know, cancel it if something happens to me, look into it. I'm gonna, say, I would say, look, dumbass, I know you're enjoying your fucking three hundred dollar a month premium or something on me that you're making, but I'm literally trying to save you a million dollars. Yeah, and the thing is, what I don't understand is, it was through USAA. Which is the armed yeah, services, yeah, yeah. and they're probably not paying a whole lot, but I think he's still paying the premium. 
He's paying it? I, I swear to God, that's what I. That's the way it was. He is paying the premium on that's his life insurance That she's policy. the beneficiary. That she's the beneficiary. That's an easy fix. Stop fucking paying it. Guess what? They canceled that shit on your ass. So I'm not real clear as There's to no whether... There's no way he was paying that premium. There's no way, bro. Well, all right. So we let's get into the insurance situation. Stop paying the fucking payment. Yeah, Tracy... I promise you, I saw the King of the Hill episode. <laughs> when he forgot one fucking check, and they canceled everything on his ass. So Tracy and him had policies on each other, and I think their policies were $1.8 apiece. But from what I can gather... The USAA takes care of their people. So they probably wouldn't pay him but like 3 or $4 a month. Bullshit. For USAA? You have to make money to be a business. If you're charging people $4 a month... The yet, entire armed forces. You're paying $4 a month, but yet you're paying off $1.8 million every time somebody in the armed forces dies? I'm just saying. I don't know if you know exactly what the armed forces do. For, yeah, I'm sure a, there's I'm sure living. there's a whole thing in there that they can't be. But they just I don't know if you like the armed forces tend to get in the line of danger. Yes, I agree. But there's got to be a clause in there that if you kill in the line of duty, they're not going to pay. Then what the fuck's the point? The point would be I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of those whole life things where that you know if you live to 68 or something like that. Yeah, man, term life's a fucking joke, dude. You fucking pay into that, pay into that, and pay into that. Then you live one day longer. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, fuck you, your, your family's screwed, buddy. I, I really don't understand the divorce proceedings for her to keep this situation going. But anyway, I don't, I don't I'm just a poor dumb teacher. All right, so... That is a factually accurate fucking statement. I know. All three of those check out. So Tracy will challenge the insurance policy after his death. She will file suit. And in this suit, she is trying to basically get that insurance policy revoked. The coroner is still stating that it is suicide. She goes out and she hires a private investigator from Boston. She hires a world-renowned medical examiner that has worked on re-examining, examining JFK after his assassination, and he's the one that brought to light that his brain was missing. He is also worked on the Joan Bonet Ramsey case. Joan? Joan Bonet. Who the fuck is Joan? Joan Dayark. You know, when you're talking about Kennedy's brain, you know, you may think that's weird, but imagine being the motherfucker that's got that weird ass story. I got this why, brain. Why is that on your mantle? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah, that would be a. Picture this Dallas, Texas. <laughs> So, Cyril Wecht is who we are referencing, and he is a very matter-of-fact man. If you're an idiot, he will call you an idiot. And in the 48 Hours episode, he states that the conclusion of suicide may be one of the dumbest things that he has ever seen. This lady goes to great lengths to stop her from receiving this money. And in the court proceedings... 
she loses the case, but the judge states that the manner of death and cause of death should be changed from suicide to either undetermined or homicide. And on the Arlington National Cemetery website, if you look for Colonel Philip Shue, it states at the bottom of his page that the manner of death is homicide. But to the this date, his actual death certificate has not been changed. Now, during the 48 Hours episode, it is insinuated that maybe Colonel Shu had a mistress or was seeing his ex-wife again because she is a licensed sex therapist and a certified sadomasochist. <laughs> She's into that bondage stuff. She's into BDSM, then that's not a crime, first of all. Don't but be, don't kink shame. I'm not kink shaming. <laughs> I'm just saying you got a mutilated body that's gone out of, that's gotten out of hand. Is this some kind of kink thing? And that's what they try to say. And I, no, I'm like, no, it's not. No, it really isn't. There's nothing. Just because, just because she she was in she she was aware of that sort of thing, doesn't mean that anything that happened to him was anything related to BDSM. He was stabbed. He had a finger removed. That ain't kink. No. That's torture. And why are you, if you're going to commit suicide, why are you going to cut your pinky finger off, cut your earlobe off to the skull, cut your own nipples off? I know we have we have just beat those to death. Why are you going to cut your nipples off? But I... I you know why we beat that to death? Because they fucking cut her nipple, his nipples off, dude. Offed. None of that. None of it is BDSM. It's just not. There is not a dominatrix in this world that is ever going to receive the request, cut my nipples off. Right. So, and the the gentleman that does the 48 Hours episode states, do you believe that your husband was tortured by someone familiar with sadomasochist <laughs> techniques? Sadomasochism. Sadomasochistic techniques. I believe. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I believe the injuries that he sustained are consistent with the act of sadism, and they certainly are sexual in nature. His current wife states. Well, sadist, yes, but sexual, no. Sexual, no. And so he goes on to to ask her, and he says, "Forgive me, but I have to ask this question: Did your husband have an interest in this fetish himself?" And she unequivocally says, no, he did not. And then she goes further and states, and it's interesting that you would ask that question because you are actually the first person out of the entire five-year time frame that has ever asked me that question. And I do believe it is an appropriate question to ask. And I know what she's trying to say. She's trying to say that his ex-wife and her current husband kidnapped him bound him, tortured him, that's about where she loses me. Because I, what at what point 
does the torture do they get do they inject him with lidocaine and they think they've knocked him out and he kind of comes to and well fuck this i'm out I, the 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 point of torture i'm assuming because i've never done it but the point of torture is to cause pain so why would you inject somebody that much to knock them out you know what i'm saying oh i agree now let's get into the duct tape because we've basically that's all the facts of the case so let's get into the duct tape, and this is more conjecture, and this is other things going on. The duct tape with the excess duct tape hanging off his wrist. It has been theorized that that extra tape would have bound him to the back of a chair. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. But the duct tape around his ankles didn't hold the chair. No, they hold his poo-poo in. Well, <laughs> that too. It's not like it, it. It leads credence that he was duct taped to a chair and then he was tortured. The only thing is his feet would have been freed because the duct tape doesn't show where a chair leg has been pulled out. Because if you pull a chair leg out of the duct tape, it's going to pull that duct tape inside out at at that moment. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And the way that it it's taped leads you to believe that it was taped in a hurry because one it's not exact like on the wrist they're just guessing where his ankles are at so my question is did they tape him to a board to the chair i'm not following so you take your if take like a two by four Uh and they somehow fasten his legs maybe with zip ties so it doesn't show that it's actually cut into his legs oh okay and then that board is tied to the chair got you I got I understand now so but again there's no fingerprints on you fix all that with gloves I mean that's not hard to fix no 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 No, I do understand that you fix it with gloves but the other thing is and we'll touch on this now but I still don't I don't see how that's uh, points to suicide but they did find in his vehicle a pack of hypodermic needles one latex glove. Where'd they find this at? In his vehicle. In the vehicle. There was yeah. a glove? There was one latex glove. I didn't see that. A pack of hypodermic needles. There was two pocket knives and a straight razor. But none of those, the investigator that Tracy hired stated, could create the wounds that he suffered. I'm like, that's strange as shit, man. I mean, that's all the tools you would need. Yeah, I mean, and that's what they keep saying. It's almost like point-counterpoint with this whole case. This is, like you said, this is a weird motherfucker. That's all you would really need to pull that off? To self-inflict all that shit? Yeah, it is, but at the same time, my question is, if you're going to fake this, you're giving your ex-wife what she wanted. Not Not if she's implicated. Well, they didn't have a suicide clause either. So, but there's a fucking murder clause if she's implicated. I agree with and, that. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just gets, saying, if she gets uh, taken down for fucking murder, she's not gonna get the million dollar policy. She'll have a hell of a commissary. They, they, they still get. Yeah. Her. Eventually, they do award her the money. And fucking crazy. It is crazy. It's fucking crazy. And they award Tracy her money. But Tracy 
They tr he tried to tell him. Yeah. Fucking save me. I'm, sa I'm trying to save you a million dollars, bro. And if I die, investigate this shit. Well, I was saying, look, something's going to happen to me. I've received threatening letters. Fucking, like... If you're telling your commanding officer and your new wife, I'm receiving letters, that's going to cause you some anxiety. Yeah. That's going to cause you some depression. Yeah. Now, let's go... Let's touch on the ex-wife. I ain't touching her. No, I'm not touching her either. But... I don't remember where I read this, but when Philip and her got married, she was six months pregnant. And the conjecture on that is her son, their son, was not truly his, but he never did anything to find out whether or not he was the biological father. He accepted him as he is. But this young man eventually turns into a big piece of shit, <laughs> to put it mildly. Well, his father is dead. He is dead. But he starts hanging out with the wrong crowd when he's in high school. Okay. And I'm not talking about skipping school crowd. I'm talking about hardcore drug crowd. Uh-huh. He... This is a point of contention in their marriage... Um, she's siding with the son. He's like, look, you know, we got to do something. We got to get this under control. This causes a strain in the relationship. Somehow, the son gets his life uh, kind of on track. He becomes a commuter pilot for Delta. Making decent money, but somehow he racks up over $100,000 in credit card debt and files bankruptcy. And then you have this insurance policy. And this doesn't... He doesn't file for bankruptcy like in January and Colonel Shu dies in April. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that, that adds to the motive of the ex-wife if she did torture him. Hmm. But here's the thing. Though they may have tortured him, they didn't kill him. The car wreck killed him. And what's funny about what killed him is the head trauma or head injury to the left side of his head, which would have been next to the tree that caved that driver's side door in. But what is not talked about in the autopsy report is the severe head trauma to the right side of his head. Ooh. Yes. Okay. So that would lead credence to him driving erratically. If he's had the fuck knocked out of him, or he's suffering a skull fracture, you know, there's going to be points where it seems like everything's okay, and then all of a sudden shit goes sideways, he's got blurry vision, he runs off the road, he fucking corrects it, I'm getting it together, I'm getting it together, and then finally, no, I can't, and then he just veers off and hits the trees. Hmm. And I go back to, if it was suicide, are you going to take a chance on hitting a grove of trees? And it's not really a grove of trees. It's like three or four. There's a chance you're coming out of that. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. But he didn't hit one tree head on. He hit one smaller tree that pivoted his car into the bigger tree that caved that door in. 
there's no way Mythbusters could recreate that. I'm pretty sure they they may could. They 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 do well, but anyway, they are the Mythbusters. They are. They do bust myth. I want to say this is a clear cut case of murder, but he wasn't murdered. He died as a result of the car accident. So it's hard for me to. It's hard to convince me that it was murder. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, we're not getting into our theories, but just theories in general. There's two camps that he was either tortured, he escaped, he was under the influence of some kind of something, or, you know, once it comes to light that he had severe skull fractures on the right side of his head, he could have been dealing with concussion syndrome and stuff like that to cause the erratic driving then the other side is he faked this whole thing created this myth of being kidnapped severed (laughs) severed his own nipples off severed his left pinky finger off cut his earlobe off to the skull duct taped both wrists and ankles while using one latex glove I don't know I I, I really don't see how the medical examiner could say it was suicide based on what he saw at the time I think and we've covered this in several other cases in America you work yourself every death is a homicide until proven otherwise and basically suicide is when you can't prove anything else or like I read that the fatal wound comes from a self-inflicted. My question is no one has come out the original medical examiner, the one that Tracy hired, no one's come out and said were these wounds the where they cut his where his chest is cut, his nipples are are cut off. Could the the angle be done by the person by Colonel Shue. No yeah. one has ever come out and said that. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I mean, those are the two prevalent theories. So, I, you know, we'll just go straight into our theories. My theory is he didn't do it to himself. No, absolutely not. I don't care if don't. I'm trying to stick it to my ex-wife or not. I'm not cutting my own nipples off and severing my pinky. No. He not didn't. to mention cutting my earlobe off. No, he didn't do it himself. That's for sure. Okay, so sidebar, what hurts worse, ingrown hair on your ear or in the inside of your nose? Um, that is a fantastic question, considering I had something occur in my ear about a week ago, and man, I was in agony. It was right in the ear hole, and I thought I had cauliflower ear. But it wasn't cauliflower ear because it was like it had a little um, blood and pus in it. But it hurt, and I hate eardrops. Like I hate them. Yeah, my son hates them too. And God, my my wife was putting them in, and it was just it was torture. But so I'm gonna go with that ear. Yeah, yeah I'm going corner of the nose. No, because you probably never had one in your ear. No, I've had them in my ear, and they hurt like hell. I do agree. 
But the one in your nose, like if you move wrong with it, some an ingrown hair in your nose, your eyes water. Like you can't see straight. Yeah. Pineapple on pizza. Fuck no. Exactly. What the Flat fuck's wrong we, with you? Hey, Mysterious Brews, 100%, <laughs> we both agree, fuck off. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say about this case. I don't think... I can't explain the letters, but I just don't think... Maybe the ex-wife was planning on killing him and he escaped and just by fucking happenstance oh what luck I run into a tree fucking run into a tree but this guy was being tortured okay yeah cause they, the, the the wound in his chest is described as basically them filleting the skin off was this guy being tortured oh hold on I, I hate to interrupt you I, no, I really do it. go ahead man. and during my research he had his laptop stolen while he was doing his master's dissertation from a library, he got up to go to the bathroom, comes back, his laptop's gone. This is not his Air Force laptop. Yeah. This is his personal laptop. Mm -hmm. It's gone for, I think, a minimum of a week. I want to say it was two weeks. He comes out of his of the military base to get in his car to go home the laptop is sitting on the hood of his car with a note on the laptop, a physical note on the laptop. That says... Do not go to the authorities about this, but we know who you are and where you work. Let this be a warning. And his hard drive was wiped. What? I know, I apologize for not bringing that up sooner, but that just... In the name of... Fuck! <laughs> So he clearly knew something that maybe he wasn't supposed to know. Maybe he's being tortured for information. What do you think about that? But he's a psychiatrist, and I, and that's my that's my only holdup. I'm not saying that you're on the wrong track at all. I agree. He was either being tortured to eventually kill him, or he was being tortured for information. But what information would an Air Force psychiatrist know in 2000, what was it, 2003, well, 2005? he's seeing patients, and they're talking about their most intimate secrets. In okay, so let's chase this for a second. Maybe he knew something, what if, and he had it got to the point where he had to report it, like he's going to have to report it. Maybe he hadn't yet, and that person threatened him. So, th yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Does he have a client that committed a war crime? Does he have a client that committed murder mm -hmm. or rape or one of those offenses that that precedes the that you basically as a physician terminate patient client privilege and go look I have information. Mhm. Mm That's a good point, man. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, like he's good it's it's something so bad that he has to take it further. He he, like ha the, he has to um, forget about a t uh, I almost said attorney client, but patient, you know, yeah, patient client. I mean, patient doctor privileges. He has to violate that. Well, and he died in '05. Yes. So we're four years into the war on terror. Mm-hmm. 
maybe he knew maybe somebody came back and confessed not confessed but confided in some of the things they'd done it's like war crimes or yeah. like the the what's that prison that the lady was holding them Gitmo yeah Guantanamo no no no, no 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 the prison in um, Iraq or somewhere where they were belittling the prisoners and it come out I thought the... that was Guantanamo no was it wasn't Gitmo uh-uh. oh okay I don't know then I don't know if it was I know exactly what you're talking you know what about. I'm talking about just... yeah. yeah so I'm wondering if, it, if is there something along those lines I mean, that would make more sense for the information. I think that holds water more than anything else that we've discussed. I I think that holds water more than the insurance policy. I mean, I know a million dollars is a lot, lot of money and would solve a lot of problems. I had heard reference to the ex-wife had accrued $50,000 in credit card debt along with her son's $100,000 in bankruptcy debt along the lines uh, of her getting her degree to be a licensed sex therapist miss uh, a cool million dollars take care of some of those problems though for sure yeah but I, and I'm not saying I don't want to take her side at all because I think if you're a person to take out a life insurance policy on your spouse that you're now divorced from you're a, a di- you are a different class of piece of shit hmm. but I mean, is that enough motive? I know a million dollars is a lot of motive. But is that enough motive to torture your ex-husband? And and. But again, if that's the case, then... Homicide, you know, they, he's going to be They murdered. let him go, or did he escape? I think he escaped. just a happy coincidence? I think he escaped, and like you said, happy coincidence, he run, he fucked up and run into a tree. Because he was fucked up on came maybe. Or, like I said, just, he was... Yeah, he had a head... Severe head trauma. Yeah, he was concussed. Just concussed. So I, I cut you off in your theory, so restate your theory. I do apologize. No, you're fine. I'm just saying that, you know. Fire and frog hair. He was, uh, maybe he knew something he wasn't supposed to know. And maybe he was being tortured. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't the ex-wife. It was just. You know, whoever it was, and wanting to extract information. Whoever stole the laptop, coming back for it. You know. Yeah, I. The laptop, I think, and I do think that plays into his paranoia, his anxiety, and depression. But I also, I also think that. Like I said, he's 54. He's about to change career. All he's known is the military, and now he's about to uproot, move from Texas to Alabama, and start a private practice. That's a lot to put on someone. Yeah, it is. And I think the house that they had put a down payment on was like six hundred, like eighty thousand dollar brick, two story brick home. I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a, a head scratcher, to say the least, but. We get into the uh, recommendations, and I'm actually going to um, steal your thunder, Uh-oh. and I'm going to recommend a YouTube page, and that is Brain Scratch. And oh man, those! I know that I know that page. I follow that page. I like. I do. 
like that page. But man, those videos are long. They are long. He does a video on this case, and it's a it's a forty six minute case. And but he does a great job. I mean, he he puts forth a lot of the facts of the case. He's to be honest with you, he's very unbiased in what he has seen. Yeah, he's not bad. I'm not, I'm not saying he's bad at all just because they're long videos, but they're long videos. They are long videos. <laughs> they are. I, I agree with you. Uh-huh. Um, there are two podcasts on this, um, on Colonel Shu. One is Thinking Sideways, and the other one is Generation Y. Uh, both of them do a great job, and both of them take different angles on this case. And so, you know, if there's plenty, plenty of information out there. There's a Reddit page, there's a web sleuth page. Um, there's YouTube videos. There's 48 hours episodes. You know, if you are intrigued by this case, please, you know, research it on your own and let us know what you think. You know, it, if you feel like that we totally missed something, you know, reach out to us on social media and let us know. But that's my recommendation is Brain Scratch on YouTube. Very long. <laughs> all I can say um, but it is one that you can play and not actually watch yeah if you gotta grade some papers if yeah. you're teaching you gotta grade some papers man turn it on and hammer down just listen up you know um anywho I am going to recommend True Crime Daily which is um if you don't know, it's an investigative journalism type uh, YouTube page. Relatively short videos, but it's we go. I go to that to try to find cases sometimes, and and it's, it's a very entertaining page. But right now, man, like I, I recommended our last episode, um, other than the mini episodes, uh, the Unsolved Mysteries full episodes page. Man, I'm I'm hammered down on Unsolved Mysteries. I've watched several. I know I cannot. I can't. I can't afford. It's like one of those like Netflix episode, like series that I know I want to watch. I can't afford to start that yeah. unsolved mystery because I like the world will stop. Well, like you know, I try watching them on. Um, I have an Apple TV in my bedroom. I try to watch it on Hulu or whatever the fuck they're on. But the fast forward's just too clunky. I just I don't have time for that. So YouTube, I can just skip, 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 skip go to the next case and find the pick and choose the ones I, I listen to or watch so I'm still hammering down on those man hammering down on so that's my recommendation but I also recommend that you don't allow your uh, spouse to take out a million dollar life insurance policy yes may bite you in the ass for too long and I really don't recommend when you go through your divorce proceedings letting her keep that motherfucker no definitely not <laughs> Yeah. All right. In closing, I would just like to say, people, please calm the fuck down when it comes to this coronavirus bullshit. Yeah, seriously. Just wash your hands. Stop buying all the goddamn toilet paper. Yeah, it's a fucking upper respiratory. Nobody said you were going to have dysentery. (laughs) I guess, you know, the only thing to do is kick the tires and piss on the fire. So, uh, deuces.